quiet, are we? That's fine. I have other methods of gathering what I need. Guards! <gasps> say something! God damn it, say something! Fine! It was Jacobs. It all came from Jacobs, you must believe me. I've never seen a man of his intelligence before. We both know that's more than a mistruth. That is a lie. We have dealt with Jacobs. We know what he's capable of, and we know what he's responsible for. Now, please, Cornelius, start talking. I do not want to hurt you. Commander Pelsart, I have not told you one lie, I swear to God. I told you I did not want to hurt you. Guards. Now, are you going to talk, or shall I have another go? <coughs> okay, okay. I'll talk, and truthfully. <coughs> when the fleet left for Batavia, I only knew that I had to get away from the fatherland. But soon, the thought came to me. Perhaps a life could be had, not in Batavia, but... One on the seas. And what better way to start such a life but with a ship laden with wealth? How was I to do it? I did not know. However, there was one certainty. I couldn't do it alone. Tell me, Skipper Jacobs, how is it you came to be on this ship in our most humble company? Well, under merchant. <laughs> Please, call me Cornelius. Cornelius. Some would say it is an honor to steer the Batavia on a maiden voyage. Some would say she's the greatest ship to be built in the known world. And yet more would say it is a true honor to sail with none other than Commander Francisco Pelsart, the finest merchant in the VOC. And you, Jacobs? What do you say? I? I say God has forsaken me by putting me on this voyage. Why would you say something like that? Oh, this is not my first expedition, Cornelius. I have sailed for many years, many. Not two years ago, I was in India, in Surat, waiting for our ship to set sail, back to the fatherland after a long voyage. Surat? Well, I have heard the stories. 
Ah, it was beautiful. I was having a good time with the boys night after night. We drank, we laughed, and there were women for us all. But there was one man who stuck out, a pretentious young blood named Pelsart. He was but an under-merchant like you, and yet he did nothing but work. Studying locals, asking questions, writing in that damn journal of his. But worse, he couldn't mind his own business. He had the nerve to tell us to get back to work. You didn't. I smacked him right in his smug face. <laughs> I remember it still, but the commander station there? Oh, they saw it. And who should be reprimanded but me? They told me this was what the decorum of a VOC captain. <laughs> I hoped at least that would be the last time I'd see him. But fate of all fates. Now look, Commander, that young bastard, he can lord it over me all he wants. And what am I to do? Well, Jacobs, I understand your frustration. But rest assured, no man should dare cross someone such as you. You're right, Undermerchant. Ninth of November, 1628. The sea was fierce today, but I believe the crew are doing okay. I do sometimes feel thrown into this duty of mine, leading the Batavia and her fleet. Governor General Cohen has put much trust in me, and I fear letting him down, letting the whole VOC down. For the last three years, I had been in Surat, India, analyzing their economy and compiling my remonstrante for the fatherland in relative comfort. The noble palace has certainly provided adequate accommodation. Now, commanding the Batavia, the true pride of all Holland is a whole new challenge, one that I accepted out of duty above any other motive. I have done nothing of the sort before. It is enough to leave any man feeling uneasy. Perhaps I must seek comfort from God this day, that we travel safe and without commotion. I recall these adventures of mine in India vividly, in the great Mughal court of the Emperor Jahangir. His large mahars were adorned lavishly and smaller only than his ego. He and his noblemen were truly rich in material, but not in heart. Taking all they desired and leaving none for their people, they sat like golden cocks among their harem of gilded hens, enjoying the company of beautiful slave girls when it took their fancy, at the unspoken contempt of their wives, of course. I write of this memory because I see this similar boorishness in my skipper, Arian Jacobs. His unending pursuits of Lucretia grow ever more tiresome as each day passes. I do not know why the British drunk even bothers. Although I must say the man certainly has good taste. She is a woman of class. The poison purpose with which she carries herself alludes to this. Only today did I see her on deck, her beautiful golden hair fluttering in the salty trade wind. I imagine she longs to see her husband in Batavia. And yet I catch my own thoughts drifting some days. What I would do for a woman such as Lucretia. <clears throat> of course, Jacobs has been appointed by my superiors to join me on this voyage, and he has a duty to fulfill, as do I. I expect respect for the VOC and the job at hand will overcome any differences between us. And yet, a wise shepherd always keeps an eye on his flock. Pelsart, I very much appreciate this invitation to dinner. It's lonely on this ship. My maid Zawanti is my only companion. She's foul-mannered and hardly worth a conversation. The pleasure is all mine. 
To be in the company of a woman of such class is truly an honour. I spend the majority of my day with brutes and pretty criminals. The VOC does have that reputation. <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, Lucretia, before you go, may I read you something? Oh, please do. This is but an excerpt from a book I am reading, the poems of the Greek lyricist Anacreon. I, too, wish to sing of heroic deeds about the Atreides and about Cadmus, but the lyre's strings can produce only sounds of love. Recently, I changed the strings, and then the lyre itself, and tried to sing of the feats of Hercules himself, but still the lyre kept singing songs of love. So farewell, you heroes, because my lyre sings only songs of love. Oh, my. That was so sweet. Thank you. Oh, but, Pelsart, you know, I really must be off now. It's getting quite late. Oh, of course, my dear. Will you join me once more tomorrow? Yes, Commander, I, I shall. Okay, until then. Hello, Lucretia. <gasps> oh, hello there. How are you? Oh, yes. Excellent. I'm glad we were finally on our way to the Tavia. But Lucretia, how are you? I haven't seen you in many days. Oh, yes, it has been a very long time. So very long. Sorry, who are you? W why, it's me, Everett. Oh, of course, Everett. How could I forget? I wish I could talk, but it's very late. I'm terribly sorry, I really need to go. I really thought she'd remember me. Lucretia van der Meilen. She's beautiful, pale, and high-born. Her ample bosom mesmerizes the crew, as does her long blonde hair in the wind. Every man on this ship has tried to claim her as their own, all with their cute little twists. <laughs> They're all fools. After all, the only reason she's even on this ship is to join her husband in Batavia. Now Jacobs started it all, attempting every trick in the book to try and convince her to sleep with him. Oh, he pestered her for weeks. He even tried to buy her with gifts. <laughs> that fool was as subtle as a caveman. Pelsart has actually followed the subtle route. Befriending her, reading to her, sharing a drink with her. Oh, he fawns over Lucretia with lavish dinners and stories of his hallowed travels. When it came to Lucretia, their approaches couldn't have been more chalk and cheese. Alas, Jacobs gave up on Lucretia knowing that was never going to happen. There was another who caught his wandering eye. Lucretia's maid, actually. Swante was an easy girl, ready for the slightest semblance of company, and Jacobs was just the man to step up. The two clinged to each other like barnacles to a ship in a port. Ugh, they disgust me. I know Jacobs never really got over Lucretia, though. Who would? The man resents Pelsart for besting him yet again.
What on earth? Jacob? Oh, oh my god! Out! Now! Come out to the main deck and do not dare raise your pants from where they rest. No! Please! This was all me. I am so sorry, Mr. Pelsock. There is no need to do this. Shut up, woman! I will deal with you in time. <laughs> I will not have this lewd behavior on my ship. Let this imbecile's humiliation be a lesson to you all. Now, don't you all have jobs to do? My God! If the other ships were not lying there, I'll get at him so fiercely. He would not be able to come out of his bunk for 14 days. I swear, as soon as we escape their watchful eye, then finally I shall be my own master. Excuse me? He cannot do this on my ship! If I was but a younger man. What do you mean, if you were a younger man? I would seize this ship, claim its treasure, and, and sail to the Caribbean. There's always time, isn't there? I've been planting these seeds for months. Finally, it seems Jacob's is ready to begin the process. The Batavia is the largest, most valuable ship ever to be built, and she can be ours. She's the fastest, the grandest, and what's more, she carries 260,000 guilders, a fortune fit for any king. Now I wonder if Jacob's has the intelligence to formulate his own scheme. Swanti, my dear, I'm so happy to see you. I am not happy with what happened today, Jacobs. He cannot talk to you like that. You are the skipper of the ship. Without you, this voyage would have never nearly made it this far. Thank you, my love. No, Arian, I am serious. You can't let him get away with speaking to you in such a manner. I went to that fellow Cornelius today. You know, I think it might be time for- re Revenge? Well, Yes. My love, this is perfect! You know the ship better than anyone. And that Cornelius, why, he is one of the most silver-tongued men I have ever spoken to in my life. My love, you must use him. No, not just him. You must use all your friends. Uh, what? How? Sounds risky. Risky? We can have everything. You just need to think. Listen to me, Arian. The first thing you need to do is to turn the crew against Pelsart. What? That's impossible! That elf is well respected. You need to get him to overreact. You need him to strike that witch Lucretia. He loves my mistress with all his heart. Attack her! His anger, his reaction, that's what will turn the crew against him. Trust me, my love! And with him out of the way, you can lead these men. You can command this ship. Before we know it, we'll be sitting on a Caribbean island with enough guilders for a lifetime! Oh, Swansea. You really have outdone yourself. Shut up and take me, Skipper. Oh, come here, you! Jacobs, are you okay to do this? Oh, oh Cornelius, I'm, I'm shaking. I've been sweating all day. You've been drinking! Now? Really? I couldn't help myself. 
Can't you tell the boys the plan? We'll say it's yours. I'll introduce you. Wait, wait. All right, men. You know why you're here. Pelsart, the pixie boy, has no respect for us. All he cares about is getting a good report sent back to the Eagles up in Batavia. All we do is voyage after voyage. For who? But the, the, the VOC? Those governors live in huge houses with their buckets of wealth. Now what about you? How well do you live? Maddie's beer, how much do you make a month? Uh, about 10 guilders, sir. Exactly! That is peanuts! Like the rest of you, no doubt. Think about this. The Batavia has 260,000 guilders under our very feet. More than enough for a lifetime of rum, busty women, and all the dice rolls in the world. For each and every one of you. Oh, but that's not our money, Jacobs. What do we do? Oh, an excellent question. How about we take it? <laughs> now, brothers, brothers, shh. Brothers, relax. Calm yourselves. We must do this right. We can't let Pelsart or the rest of the ship even have a clue of what we're up to. We must be sneaky. We mustn't even drunkenly slur the word mutiny. This stays in here. Getting the men on side was easy. Easier than I imagined. Jacob seems as if he will do anything in his fury against Pelsart. I must maintain this rage for Pelsart at any cost. The men, obsessed with gold and exotic women, are easily enough controlled by their vices. This mutiny looks as though it will be even more successful than I imagined. I know it's time. Cornelius, take the floor. Tell him your plan. Friends, we must hit Pelsart where it will hurt him the most. We must strike his closest friend, the beautiful Lucretia. Let's just smack him on the head and be done with it. Yeah, smack him on the head. Hmm. And then what? We do that and the soldiers on board will have our heads. Just listen, you fools. Pelsart has been pining over Lucretia this entire voyage. We've all seen his advances. The two of them heading to his cabin throughout the day, him reciting the poetry of the Greeks. <laughs> we'll attack Lucretia in the dead of the night with buckets of tar and shit. When he finds her sullied and ruined, he will punish us all, reducing the rations no less. Now tensions will rise. The people on the ship will complain like sulking toddlers without their favorite toys. Of course he will try to investigate, but not one of us shall say a word. <laughs> we'll drive him mad with our silence. In his tepid excuse for frustration, I expect he will further reduce the rations. Maybe even offer rewards to those with a loose tongue. But my friends, we will remain stalwart. Soon enough the crew, the passengers, hell, even the soldiers will want to see the back of him. The fool will dig his own grave for us. Then, and only then, will the ship finally be ours. So, who is with us? Let's take what's out! Does this mean they're gonna be pirates?
That night, Jacobs and Cornelius gathered their most trusted men in the deep, dark cellars of the ship. The man for this heinous task, Jan Everett's, the high boatswain of the ship, a man driven not only by the promise of fortune, but also by his personal vendetta against Lucretia. Heartbroken and drunk, he would do anything to exact his revenge for his unrequited love. Everett's, I'm entrusting you as the leader of this task. Now I've been watching you this whole trip, how you handle yourself around that Lucretia. So your role in this syndicate will depend on your success, understand? I hope you can handle it, for your sake. Uh, of course. Thank you for the opportunity, Cornelius. It excites me to finally get back at that whore. How she would always avoid my advances. Well, no more! The rabble of men obscured their identity with scraps of cloth and coal, anything they could find to mask their weathered faces. They sat waiting nervously until Lucretia ventured from the deck below. The men positioned themselves strategically, crouching above sails and hiding behind barrels. Before they knew it, Lucretia was above the deck. Even in the middle of the night, her beauty was undeniable, her pale skin glowing in the moonlight. The men's bodies tensed in anticipation. Without a care in the world, she walked closer and closer to the ruffians. Then, Everett's gave the command. <clears throat> a man dropped from the sail he was perched upon, knocking Lucretia over. More men emerged from all around, frantically grabbing hold of her arms and legs. Yet another ripped open her blouse, tearing at the fabric. Jan moved towards her menacingly, carrying a bucket of tar and shit. He waddled slowly. The heavy bucket sloshing in his thick arms. The men tightened their grip on each one of her delicate limbs. But Lucretia struggled, fighting back, punching, biting, anything she could to escape these thugs. Everett's put the bucket down, began dragging it towards her. The scent of tar and excrement filled the nose of Lucretia. The overwhelming smell only increased her fight. She started kicking and flailing her limbs about in panic. Lucretia turned her head in time to see Jan dip his hands into the bucket. He prowled towards her, his hands now soaked in the black goo. Reaching for her, she violently kicked him in the groin. With an unmistakable howl of agony, Lucretia knew at once the culprit's identity. But alas, it was futile. Her fate was sealed. Everett's now incensed lathered Lucretia in the thick sludge, her body violated in old manners by the large man. Yet the ordeal refused to end. The thugs now moved closer and closer to the ship's port side, closer and closer to the water. Even now, Lucretia struggled bravely, refusing to accept her fate. The men that hurled her down onto the deck, they grabbed her arms and they tied her to a barrel. All right, let's get out of here, boys. I think we've made our point. You have to wake up, please! It's Lady Lucretia! I don't know how! She's... What? Lucretia, what's happened? Is she alright? Sir, please! I think you need to see for yourself! Yes, yes, of course. Come, come. 
Oh no, my lady, Lucretia, what on God's green earth has happened to you? Who did this? Who has violated you like this? Commander, oh, what have I done to deserve such an ordeal? These men, they attacked me so violently with tar and all manner of filth. I cannot bear the stench. Oh, I think I might faint. Scoundrels, a lot of them. Thou see the hangman's noose for this. No, but my lady, did you recognize any of these foul men? Anyone who can be held accountable? There was one. Everett's? The boatswain. His voice is unmistakable. I'm sure of it. Please, you must... Oh. Of course. I will see to his arrest, my dear. I will have justice on my ship! <coughs> and for God's sake, someone please help this poor woman clean up! Nineteenth of May, sixteen twenty nine. My investigations have led me to believe Jacobs may be up to something. They're certainly more involved than just Evans. For days I've held my interrogations, and yet I can't prove anything. Nobody speaks when spoken to. Are they all in on this? I do not know who is my friend anymore. And of Lucretia. How could someone defile her in such a manner? The guilt is becoming unbearable. I wish that I could act swiftly, send Everts to his fate in the gallows, just as the VOC would have wanted, and bring justice and retribution for my dear friend. Instead, I must sit on my hands. What's worse, a sickness consumes me. This damned fever holds me back. Jacobs has me stuck in the mud like some swine. Something is afoot. I know it. I see them, late into the night, playing cards and singing their songs. Everts is always down. I know I can't do this on my own. I have no choice but to wait until we arrive in the safety of Batavia, and I can give these men the proper trial they deserve. Jacobs, why does this ship still sail under the VOC? Should we have not taken it by now? Where are our riches, our women? We have the numbers. Pelsart hasn't been out for days, and we have a strong wind behind us. Couldn't we take it tonight? We can't. Haven't you not considered the other ships, the fleet that sails with us? They'll string us up for good if they see us. Nah, 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 nah. We must get away first. And how do you suppose we do that, Jacobs? Hmm? Ah, my dear under-merchant. You have your skills and I have mine. I will lose them in the dead of night. Like a wraith we will sail. Oh, there's nothing for me. <laughs> in that case, Jacobs, perhaps it will be time to strike sooner than we thought. Third of June, 1629. Paulus, it's the only thing I feel these days. I've been resigned to my bed for the last week, in naught but my own sweat and fluids. I know we are going further and further off course. The escort fleet is lost. This damned ship will go to the docks. These bastards only wait for me to die. The truth is that 
I do not know how many days I have left. I could drop dead at any time. And then what? What will happen to the loyal? To Lucretia? God knows Jacobs would take over and lead them to some forsaken land. He cares not for the VOC as I do. Only for fame and fortune. He, Everts, and the rest of them They'll have their way for sure. Where is the justice? Friends, our night has finally come. We have been dreaming about this for a long time. Let us drink and prepare for what is to come. Tomorrow morning, the mutiny will be at hand. What is going on? What the hell is it, boy? Can you not see that this is no place for children like you? We're celebrating, now get out! Oh, I'm very sorry, Skipper Jacobs. I wouldn't interrupt unless it was urgent. Sir, you need to come on deck. There's an unfamiliar sight ahead. Is that so? Very well, I'll come up to the deck. But this better be worth my time, boy. So, what is it you called me up here for? Where is this unfamiliar sight? Over there! See it? That thing in the distance! Oh, you stupid idiot! You brought me up here for a reflection of the moon? Oh, I, I didn't know! I'm so sorry, Skipper. I came only to seek your guidance. Oh, one can never be too careful. We will discuss this tomorrow! And what will become of you? I'm truly sorry, Skipper. It'll never happen again, I swear. No, it won't. Jacob stormed off in a huff, visibly annoyed. And yet the matter was quickly forgotten as celebrations continued. For tomorrow's mutiny would bring salvation for Cornelius, Jacobs, and their band of men. Their freedom was at hand, not to mention the riches beyond measure. Yes, Pelsart's time was finally up. His command would be no more. Indeed, nothing could ruin this evening for the mutineers. Nothing. Sir, you're not going to like this. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of our four-part series. Batavia was written and created by Paul Dixon and myself, Shabir Kanbai. Introducing Jeremy Hoskins as Geronimus Cornelius. 
Lachlan McIntyre as Francisco Pelsat. Hunter Rogers as Aaron Jacobs. Talia Makunde as Lucretia Vandermeile. Caitlin McGee as Zawanti and our producer. Jamie Power Mountain, our recording engineer. Gen Kinoshita, our composer. James Robertson is a creative consultant. Daniel McKay created our artwork. Special thanks to Rashna Fruit for her social media. Special thanks to Aroni Radio for their continued support. We'd also like to thank the School of Music, and in particular, Matt Barnes and Craig Greening. You can find us on Facebook, forward slash Batavia Radio Drama. Send us an email at batavia.official1628 at gmail.com. Thank you.